welcome back to another episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast, where we're discussing the two greatest generational gifts, raising a family and leaving a legacy. If you would, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast with others so we can help educate more people. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Mastering Money for Moms, and I'm super excited about having Slandy Noel on as our guest today. When I met Slandy, uh, we were both part of attending the same conference, um, part of our coaching and mentorship program that we're both in for multifamily, and she was just sharing with somebody else that she is just getting ready to release or she's the second she's an author of a second book and i was blown away i i have known about slandy and have so much respect for her but as she was telling me her story i thought i need to share her with the rest of you so listeners get ready because her story is just amazing And if you could see her smile, and I hopefully one day you'll see this on YouTube and you'll get to see her beautiful smile and face. She just, she's a ray of sunshine everywhere she walks. And it's always great to be at a conference with her or be in her presence. So I know you're going to love her as much as I do. Um, Just to give you a little bit of background so I can share a little bit about her before she shares more on her upbringing and just a little bit about her. But Slandy is a very, very smart woman. She holds two degrees, one in biology and another one in political science. She's also a scientist. She studies immunochemistry uh, for over 14 years. And she she has a full-time fat uh, practice um, coaching. So she's done over 6,000 hours for the past five years, um, training other people, helping divorced mothers redefine their identity, helping them become more financially independent, becoming a great co-parent and living in a health conscious lifestyle. And one of the ways, we, like I mentioned before, we're both multifamily investors and she owns over 350 units. And like I mentioned earlier, she is a second time author. And so without further ado, Slandy, welcome. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me. Oh my goodness. It's so wonderful. I have to commend you for having this podcast helping you know mothers understand that they too can go out there and invest in multifamily they too can learn the skills right i love that you are empowering women thank you so much for doing what you do thank you of course i'm i'm thrilled that um we both have a passion for helping women and one of the things though that people may be picking up on is that you have a little bit of an accent so you're not you're not from this country. And what's unusual is I feel like there are so many women that have come into my life over the past six months that are immigrants from another country. And you realize the gift that you've been given when you come to this great country. And you've actually excelled and done things that a lot of people don't ever do. And we've been born and raised here in the U.S. So... I know your story is going to touch a lot of people, but do you want to give us a little bit of some insight as to how you came to this country? Yes. You know, it's interesting, even hearing you reading my bio, 
I'm blown away by it because sometimes I have to pinch myself. I can't believe this is even my story. Um, to tell you the truth, on April 29th of, 20, uh, of 2014, I was a 31-year-old uh, mother of two young children. My daughter was 10 months old and my son had just turned six. I was going through a divorce. And at that time, that day, I remember going to see my doctor and I remember hearing the word, um, um, you know, chronic kidney disease. And I remember my doctor saying, um, you need to go into treatment and um, let's get you into remission. But truth be told, throughout the whole time I was sitting there in the office, part of me just like, I felt like I was in a whole different space. I remember screaming in my head, God, have I, haven't I been through enough? Like, haven't I been enjoying enough? I'm going through a divorce. You know, I'm broke. Um, I'm out of work because I just recently had a baby. You know, I'm unemployed I, and I'm in debt, $22,000 worth of debt. So I remember sitting there screaming and yelling, I can't do this. You know, am I even capable of becoming financially independent? Am I even capable of taking care of myself now and taking care of my children? And if something were to happen to me, who's going to take care of my children? Because I grew up without my mother, right? I was born and raised in Haiti. Um, and my mother in 1989, I was six years old when my mother had to move to relocate to the States. And when she relocated to the States, me being the oldest of, of six, but at the time I was the oldest of four, my mother was pregnant with the fifth child. I became responsible to take care of my brothers and sisters. Yes, although, you know, in certain countries, young children, if you're the oldest, you are trained early on because you know anything can happen, right? My country is a beautiful country. It's the first black, you know, black um, republic to gain its own independence. However, there's been so much instability in the country in regards to government and, and you know, unemployment rate is up to 70% at this point. So my mother knew she had to leave. So um, when she left, she did not inform us children that she was leaving. In my head, in my little six-year-old head, you know, um, head, I thought my mother went to buy a loaf of bread. She never returned. A week later, I remember asking my dad, like, you know, what happened to mom? Because, you know, that little mindset I, in my little head, I'm thinking, okay, maybe something happened to her because at the time Haiti had went through a coup d'etat. So a lot of people were going missing, you know, family members were going missing because it depends on what political party you were part of. So in my little head, I'm thinking something happened to my mom. And my, at that time, my dad sat us down and tell us, you know, your mom will not be returning. She moved to the States. She moved to Massachusetts. I didn't even know I'm like, Massachusetts, like, where is that? You know, my little six-year-old mind, I remember screaming, is she ever going to come back? Because I was terrified. I'm like, okay, who's going to take care of us? And my dad sat there and said, you know, you, Slundy, you're the oldest, and I'm going to need a lot of your help now to help take care of the little ones. Now, my sister was five. My brother was four. The other one was three. And my mother was already pregnant with the fifth child. And when she moved here by herself, didn't speak English or anything like that. But I knew I had to grow up. I knew I was going to, you know, I, I was more capable than I thought. Because, you know, of course, you six, you're just more worrying about playing with your toys, 
right? You're not concerned about um, who's going to cook and clean and, and wash clothes, you know, with your bare hands, God. But I knew at that point that I had to grow up. So I grew up very fast. I grew up learning how to do handle everything because my dad was rarely around. So I had to be responsible for the younger ones. So of course, in on April 2029 of 2014, I went back to that state again. And I remember thinking, Jennifer, like, God, I'm, you know, something happened to me. What's gonna happen to my children? Because my mother was gone for 10 years. We we didn't see her for 10 years. She was gone. And I knew I didn't want my children to grow up without a mother. I knew I didn't want my children to endure the state of poverty that I grew up in. I knew I didn't want them because at that point I realized my life and their life was also in life support. I needed to do what I needed to do, you know? And I remember sitting there, Jennifer, like screaming, still screaming, God, this is not fair. This is not right. This is not okay. And Psalm 23 came to mind. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he led me to lie down and green pasture. He restored my soul. And I remember thinking, okay, even when I'm walking to this valley, the shadow of death, I feel no evil because God is with me. And I've been taking this psalm with me everywhere because that has given me, that has been my anchor to help me to stay the course. No matter what, don't give up, stay the course. Well, if anybody out there is listening to this and is doesn't have their jaw on the ground, you need to tune in a little bit more because she said that she at six years old her was abandoned by her mom and was now responsible for her four siblings. And I just can't even imagine you're you're a child yourself. I mean for all of us moms out there, we know what six looks like. And six is a, just a baby still. You're just a child. You barely can pick up scissors and cut yourself and use glue. And you're being asked now by your father to step up and help raise your siblings. And um, wow, the the God just must have poured into you because if, again, if, you, if you're seeing Slandy, she is just um, grace. And everywhere she walks, she just carries herself so beautifully. She always has a smile from ear to ear. And um, what you've been able to do with your life. Now, you mentioned that you've gotten a divorce and you went through some hard times yourself. Yeah. So share a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Oh, my God. You know, I'll tell you, Jennifer, just like I said earlier, I mean, I was already going through a divorce and then I got my diagnosis that I, I, I had kidney disease. To me, that was just like, I, you know, sometimes you're just like, that can't be, this is a mistake. Because for me, I've always said to myself, God, I'm going to do what's right. And, I, and I've always said, you know, I'm going to be a good steward with, with my money. I'm going to be a good steward, you know, in regards to helping others. So in, in that when I was going to my divorce and then I got my diagnosis that, you know, the diagnostic that I was, um, the diagnosis that I was, um, I had kidney disease and I had to go to treatment. I remember thinking this can't be right. There's no way this can be right. And I'm broke. I'm in debt. I owe $22,000 worth of credit card debt now. And I, and I remember th- because 
the divorce is expensive, right? So when you're going through a divorce, you are separating assets and you're paying fees for this and that. And I remember thinking, how is this, how am I even going to get out of this state, right? How am I going to be able to keep my home? How am I going to be able to put food on the table? Because my ex-husband and I, you know, although we were married for 10 years, he, I got to see the worst side of him and he got to see the worst side of me, right? Because at that point, it was more of a survival thing for me, making sure that at the end of the day, if something were to happen to me, even while um, going to that divorce that my children were going to be provided for and taken care of, you know, that fear that, okay, something, you know, at that point, you know, like death is imminent, like anything can go wrong. Like even when I was going through my treatment, um, and I remember calling my ex-husband, asking him, okay, I need you to take care of the kids. I need to go do, and it was just all this animosity. And it's not necessarily because um, he's a bad person. No, no, no. It's because at that point he's in his emotions, right? Like you're not with me anymore. Why should I even support? Why should I help, right? So then I learned early on, even to our separation, to our divorce, that for me, I need to learn to tap into my own power. I need to learn to tap into the strength that God has given me all over these years. I mean, if I was able at six years old, you know, um, to help take care of my brothers and sisters, walk five, 10 miles to go to clean, get clean water, huge bucket of clean water. I mean, I was always underweight as a young child because there are many reasons why many children coming from you know, that background being underweight, right? You're being malnourished or you are underweight, carrying huge buckets of water miles in the sun. I said, I remember going back to that. I said, if God pulled me through that, he can pull me through just about anything, just about anything. And I had to really anchor my faith in that and affirming every day, every single morning, even there were days, Jennifer, I didn't want to get out of bed. Like my feet were so heavy. I felt sick because I was on so many meds. And I was go as I'm going through this, I'm like, okay, God, pull me out of this. Help me because those two little, you know, beautiful children you just gave me, they need me. Pull me out of this so I can give them the life that I know that they deserve. Wow. And that anchored me, that kept me going, you know? Yeah. I know that one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because of my grandmother who married three different men because she didn't believe she had the skill set to actually take care of her children. And unfortunately, her first husband passed away. Her second husband um for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And then my grandfather came along. And, um, but my dad really insisted that, you know, it was really important that I had the skill set to financially take care of myself if unforeseen circumstances ever presented themselves. And so here you are, you found yourself in those situ that situation where, what are you going to do? But you knew you were able to draw on your previous experience that God took you through the wasteland, basically, right? Yeah. Took you through the desert and you were able to survive that and you knew you were going to be able to get through this. Um, so now you're coaching, you're coaching divorced women. You're now investing in real estate. 
Um, walk us through that transition. How did all that happen? And how are you today? Uh, so that was three things. I didn't mean to overwhelm you with all those, but let, let's kind of transition into that. Let's transition into some good stuff. Let me let me go back to saying yay for your dad. Yay to dad for teaching his children, including his daughters, how to be self-sufficient. Because these are skills that oftentimes we fail to teach our children. So, you know, because we, we try to shelter them and take care of them and do everything for them. And by not giving them and not really teaching them um, real life skills, right? Because we need real life skill sets. But lucky for me, though, because of my previous experience, because of the way that I grew up, I mean, I was one of these little children who, I don't know if you've ever seen an, when you see videos of kids from different cultures, different, when they are scrubbing clothes and God, mm-hmm. there, there were times when, you know, my little arms will just be breaking off. Like, you know, you're cleaning and cleaning, you're scrubbing and, and the, um, the chemicals sit through the skin and you can't use your hand for a week or two. I'm used to that. Right. But for me, it was always like, okay, I have it in me. I know I can do this. Of course, there were many times that I doubted myself, Jennifer. There were many times, especially when I was sick, you know, when I, when I'm going through a divorce and I was also sick, vomiting all the time and not really being able, and at that time I was also nursing my daughter. Eventually I had to stop nursing her. But for me, it was always like, okay, God, can I pull through this? And I've always said, Heavenly Father, if you pull me through this, if you get me into remission, it's interesting. I bargain with God. I really do. (laughs) You know, pull me through this, God. I will always serve you and I will give back to everyone, every woman who happened to be in my position, who feel like they don't have it in them. I'm going to help empower them and give them that self-esteem, helping them believe that, yes, it's a skill set and all of us, any of us can learn it. Right. So when I when I started really affirming myself on a regular basis every morning, even days when I didn't want to get out of bed, I will keep on affirming myself and I will keep on going back to Psalm 23. I can pull through this. I'm going to make it. And I will tell you, Jennifer, it took me, you know, a year to get into remission. But throughout that year, it was for me a mental work. Keep on saying to myself, I got it in me. I can do this. I have the ability, looking at my children, giving me strength. And I keep on thinking, if, if you know, throughout the whole time I was in treatment and going to my divorce and taking care of my kids, I read. I read a lot. I enjoy reading. I love reading. And, you know, there was always this part of me that wanted to learn, okay, how do I get out of this, you know, this rut that I'm in? How can I you know, go back and repaying all these credit card debt. So when our divorce finally got, you know, got finalized a year later, I returned to work. And my goal was to, the income that I was earning, and blessed be, I was in a very good field. I was earning a very good income. I can't complain. I was living in Boston, um, you know, and I started working overnight so I can take care of my children during the day because I didn't want them to go to daycare. But I started like, by saving, you know, I remember the first year was 2015 when I got my first income tax return because I was filing a single. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to take that money. I'm going to put it in a savings account. And that's what I did. 
And I, and by putting in the savings account, then I decided that I'm going to start contributing to my 401k. 6% because my company was matching 6%. So I started matching that 6%. And when I started accumulating more, more money, two years later, I relocated to Georgia. It was right after my divorce. I said, okay, I'm moving to Georgia. Took a position to move to Georgia. So the property that I own in Massachusetts at the time I was living in, I said, okay, I can rent it out, which I did for a year. And then eventually I sold that property. I didn't make much of a profit, but it was something. At first, I talked to my sister and I said, okay, I'm thinking of putting that money and, um, and um, 529 for my children. And my sister was like, well, maybe not. A, maybe it's just not a good idea because what if they decide not to go to college? Yeah. <laughs> and me and, and my sister and I, we started talking and I said, and I mentioned to her, well, you know, I would love to be able to invest. But I want to be involved to invest in in um, in um, in in a more secure, like that's it's a more safety um, kind of investment. Not in the stock market. Although I had some money in the stock market, I was losing money at that at that point. But then my sister said to me, "Well, you see how mom, because our mother at at this point has already started buying three family homes, four family homes. She has a story of her own, like that. Anyway." Um, my sister said, and I said to my sister, well, I don't want to do it the way mom is doing it. She's buying three family and she's dealing with tenants. It's very stressful. And I could see how much stress that was, you know, on her. And I said, I didn't want to do it that way. There must be another way. And my sister then said, oh, I'm going to this multifamily investing event. I'm going to get the information and share it with you. I said, no, I don't learn that way. I'm going to that event myself. She said, no, it's in two days. Who's going to take care of my your children? I said, don't worry about it. I'll find someone. And at that moment, Jennifer, I bought my ticket. Yes, it was the multifamily masters. Um, Garrison, Ferris, like they are the, the main hosts of this, this, this event. Bought my ticket, booked a hotel. Yes. <laughs> And flew there because I, I, I called my ex-husband. I said, you need to take care of the kids for the weekend. I'm going to Florida. And he said, oh, okay. <laughs> Went to Florida. When I sat in that room, Jennifer, and I started, I was so quiet sitting there. I was in awe with everything that I was learning. I mean, you're learning about underwriting. You're hearing about you know, um, building relationships and building, um, you know, partnership with people and you can buy, you know, buildings together. I talked to myself, that can't be like, that can't be true. Started talking to different group of people. And I realized, wow, okay, this is happening. This is true. And then I met Rod Cleef at that even at the time he was, um, going through, his daughter was going through chemo. She had, they had just found out she had cancer. And I thought, wow, this man has such a great passion to give back, helping others. Even while his daughter's going to chemo, he's heading to the hospital right after this. But he came to this event just to talk to us, to pour into us. I said, I need to find out more about this gentleman. When it, and I found that his event was happening a couple of weeks later. Joined that event and he has the warrior program. And I said, if I need to do this, I need to do this correctly. I'm going to join the warrior program, get a coach so I can learn to do it, you know, properly. Again, we talk about skill sets, right? It's a matter of learning the skills. It's not how to do it. It's who do you know who can teach you? 
that there, there's so much in that, that you just said. So let me start first by the 529 and your sister's recommendation. And I applaud your sister for challenging you on your different investment uh, vehicles. I love that you were matching your savings, you know, with your employer's 401k and what they would contribute. That, that was beautiful. But, you know, our 529, I look back now, um, and while my kids did go to college, my young or my third born just told me if he had to do it over, he wouldn't have went to college. He would jump straight into building a business and getting into real estate. And so, you know, I think that that is going to be a big um, change that we're going to see over the next 30 years. So I would agree with your sister that maybe that's not the right place to be putting your funds. Um, and I think you can also grow it faster in real estate. And, you know, the beautiful thing is, and you'll have to do your own investigating listeners, but I think you're 529, you can invest it in real estate. I'm not 100% sure you want to look into that, but all of ours was tied up in the stock market. Um, But then you were talking about how you sold your first property, made money, and then you got educated and you got the necessary skills. And I'm like you, I'd rather pay somebody to teach me how to do it right than lose my money making all the mistakes, right? That's right. Yeah. So that's what we have in common. I mean, we have a lot of things in common, but we share the same passion. We, you know, have the same coach and uh, he pours into people unconditionally without any expectations. I always had this feeling when I was young that rich people were mean. I don't know where that came from, or they must have gotten wealthy by being underhanded. And the more we grow, I feel like it's a direct contra or a, a um, it's because the kinder people are, you know, God rewards those that are good to others and are giving to others. And I truly believe that uh, most wealthy people I've met are really generous individuals and they've got that through tithing and giving more than they receive. What, what you're shaking your head. So I'm guessing that you're finding the same to be true. Yes, absolutely. One thing I've learned over the years, Jennifer, because I had the same belief that you did growing up, right? Like, oh, there must be crook. They must have, you know, taken advantage of someone else. That's why they became wealthy. And I had to really reprogram myself. You know, again, it's always going back to the mindset. What do we believe? Because we will find the world that we seek for. The, whatever we believe, that's what we're going to seek for. So that's what we're going to find. So for me, I had to reprogram my, my, my mindset and saying, okay, wait a minute. What if what I just believe here is wrong? I have to challenge myself and I had to do that. And I do that constantly. I still do it today, you know, and, because when I met Rod, Rod Cliff is one of the most generous, you know, person I've, I've ever met. I mean, the way that this means you know, he could have just left and go to the hospital to take care of his daughter. But he said, let me just finish this talk first and then I'll go and take it. And he was always present, right? He was there to make sure that his baby girl was taken care of. But he poured into us because he did that. I was in a point in my life where I was like, okay, whatever I'm going to do here, I'm going to invest in me. 
Because one thing I learned from going to all of these events, meeting all of these um, individuals, they all are learning to become, to self-develop, right? To become their higher self. They want to learn. So in order for me to, to really invest in this, I had to first invest in myself. And I'm so glad I did that, Jennifer, because now I'm comfortable. I don't love underwriting, but I'm good at it. When I see the numbers, I understand them, right? So when a deal comes, you know, my way, I can look at it and see, is it good? Is it, is it something that I'm even interested in investing in or not? So in order for you to get those skill sets, you need the, the proper guidance. I know for me personally, I work better with a coach. That's just me. Some people can learn from a book, but you know, but I prefer someone guiding me, holding my hand. Well, it goes back to, if you want to grow fast, get a mentor. Yes. You know, and time is our greatest resource. And when you're raising a family like you're doing and like I did, you know, you want to accelerate it as much as possible. Why make all the mistakes that other people have made? And so, you know, if they tell you to go big, okay, I'm going big, you know, and why not? So there's lessons in um, surrounding yourself with people that are already where you want to grow to. And so I applaud you for taking the time to read when your kids are small. Um, One of the things I did is I turned my car into a mobile university And I would in each, you know, back in the day, you know, we had CDs and disc players and things like that. But I started playing those when my kids were teenagers in the car. And it's really made a huge difference in how they've grown up and become um, adults that are thriving and really embracing everything life gives them. And when they get punched you know, they just think, okay, that was a lesson. I'm going to learn from it and move forward. You know, it doesn't keep them down. And I think we're just able, we're, when you educate, and it's like getting the, the mask that drops out of an airplane. Put it on yourself first, right? Save yourself, do the best you can do, and then save others around you. Right. And I think that's what you're doing for your kids, is you're empowering them. And the more you learn, the better mom you're going to be and the better spouse you're going to be in the future. And, you know, life is just going to be better all the way around. You're going to touch so many lives. I'm just so proud of you and the person you've become and the, over, you know, the challenges you've overcome. Um, so kudos to you. Yeah. You're just, you're just a ray of sunshine. So, I don't want to forget to ask you this, though. I know you love Rod. And uh, do you have any other books that have really been a, a, helped you overcome your obstacles that have been life-changing for you? Oh, there are so many. Right now, one of the books that I've... Right now, I'm reading it for the fourth time. It's Happy Money by Ken Honda. Okay. Not heard of that. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. Like seriously, it's one of those books that I think every single person, especially if you have any kind of limiting beliefs, 
and surrounding money because so many of us have been programmed to believe that you don't need too much money. You don't want too much money or um, believing that in, to some degree that, you know, um, the wealthy are just, they're just greedy in some way, right? Because of all these limiting beliefs, we really have to learn to reprogram ourselves and cleanse, uh, you know, ourselves from all these bad energies and negative, you know, negative um, um, ideas about money. So I would definitely recommend having money to everyone, like seriously. Um, and of course, I love Think and Grow Rich. Everyone should read that one. My right. You know, my 14-year-old, um, when I when I gave him this um, that book uh, last year, and he was like, think and grow rich. Like, how is that? But, you know, the title in itself, he was like, how is that possible? But now that he's reading it, he's like, mom, that's very fascinating. It's all about, you know, mindset and resiliency, right? And, of course, having um, the burning desire to do something. Yeah. Because I truly believe if if you have it in you, if you if there's even that remote possibility that you know you can do more, why not do more? Because it's, it's not about you, right? It's not about us. It's the the amount of people, the, the number of people that we can touch and the organizations that we can give back to. I know personally, I want to go back to Haiti and build a boarding school for children because mm -hmm. Haiti has. Um, you know, I mean, 70% unemployment rate, they don't have public schools. There's only a couple of public schools in the country. I want to go back and build, um, you know, um, a school, but a trade school for, for kids where they can live there, they get their food, their meals, everything's prepared right in house. I want to be a mother of many. And to me, in order for me to achieve that, I have to manage my funds. I have to grow my money, right? And then so I can invest in those type of projects. So happy money for sure. Think and grow rich for sure. And I love um, The Richest Men of Babylon. Even mm. now my little nine-year-old's reading it. <laughs> so good. Yes. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I will, I haven't read Happy Money. So thank you for sharing that. The others are classics I recommend as well. One of the latest ones that I just read is called Soundtracks never heard of that one. Um, it's helping switch the switch what you're saying to yourself. So in instead of the glasses half full, it's it's half empty. I'm so thankful that I have half a glass of water, you know? Yes. Everything everything you look at, it's flip it. And half of the battle in life is just flipping the switch. That's right. And looking at it the other way in a more positive light. And so when doors shut on you, Hey, maybe I maybe that's a protection, right? That's a sign that I'm not supposed to walk through that door. And I don't mean it literally. I'm talking about when opportunities close, Hey, maybe that's a sign of, um, somebody's protecting me. I have an angel looking over me, protecting me from making a financial, uh, something, you know, that could be devastating to me and my family. That's right. So instead of looking at it as, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose 30,000. Well, maybe it protected you from losing 300,000, right? Yeah. So looking, you know, just taking the time to realize that we have opportunities to learn every single day. That's right. And, and how can we leverage those experiences and the people coming into our life like you 
Uh, you are a testimony to what the human spirit can overcome and the path you can make. And I can already, when you were talking about creating a boarding school in Haiti, I already see it, Slandy. Yes. It, it's already in your future. You just have to step into it and own it. Yeah. And I can't wait to celebrate with you when you make that happen. And um, I just know it's going to happen. So you don't make me cry. <laughs> well, it, it really, you know, they say uh, without a vision, people perish. That's right. And you have that vision. And I already, I already know it's going to happen. I see it. Yes. And half of it is just seeing what you want to accomplish. And we have the ability, God has given us the ability to live out our greatest uh, desires and dreams and goals. Um, of course, we want it to be in alignment with his will. And sometimes we are not in alignment and he gets us right back in alignment very quickly if we ask him to. But the most beautiful thing about it is he always blesses us with something bigger than we could ever dream for ourselves. That's right. And so to know that he always wants what's best for us wow. and um, so that there's lessons there around every corner. Oh, yes. I agree with that. There's lessons around every corner. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to take this blessing, Jennifer, because moving forward, you know, it's really planning out how to do it effectively because there's a lot going on in the country and which location to put it in because this has been put in my heart for two decades. I was still in my teens when I knew that God has called me to go back to my to my birthplace and build this, this school. And of course, I've always said to everyone, I'm like, I'm a mother of many. I know I have two biological children, but I am a mom of many. And I want to be able to, to bless so many children who need that, who need that guidance, who need that help, that support, and who need that education. Because I truly believe if the children of Haiti are educated, the country will do better. It will fare better. Right now, the way things are looking, it's it's just, it, it can't stay that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. It has been devastating to watch at a distance um, what has happened to that country time and time and time again. So um, I know that you're right where you're supposed to be. So how can listeners connect with you and help you reach your vision? Oh my goodness. Well, what a question. Well, I'll be honored if anyone wants to connect with me, they can follow me on social media. I'm on um, IG, of course, Instagram, Slandy, S-L-A-N-D-Y, Noel, N-O-E-L, on IG, the same with LinkedIn, um, the same with Facebook. And of course, they can contact me, contact at Slandy, S-L-A-N-D-Y, N-O-E-L.com, and visit my website, slandynoel.com. <laughs> you know, join my movement. You know, I have a stronger you movement helping specifically mothers, you know, single mothers, divorced mothers to become their stronger self spiritually, physically, you know, mentally, because that's very important. And financially, mm -hmm. that's so important. So we, the more we get, the more we can give back. So I yeah. love that. I love your heart. And um, I can't wait to see you again and give you a big hug. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. Thank you, Slandi, for being here. 
And uh, we hope everyone out there has a blessed day. Thank you so much, Jennifer. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and leave a rating or review because it helps support the growth of this podcast. Also, I'd be so grateful if you would please share our podcast on Instagram and tag me at Mastering Money for Moms to help us grow our community of mothers. We'll see you on the next episode of Mastering Money for Moms.